You're listening to the Exit Coach Radio Network. Welcome to the Business Sustainability Radio Show, where you'll not only learn how to create a sustainable business, but you'll also learn the secrets of creating extraordinary value within your business and within your life. It's all about creating great outcomes. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, entrepreneur, and writer, reader, and thinker, Josh Patrick. Welcome to our show. Today, we've got three great guests. And instead of talking about each individually, let's get started with our first, Scott Hamilton. So, Scott, your business helps families with succession issues, transition, and long-term family success. How do you guys go about doing that? Well, good morning, Josh. Uh, good, good to hear from you. Yeah, so our company is, uh, is Innovision, and, and we've been working with relatively successful business owners uh, probably for the last 20 years in all sorts of succession-type matters, getting ready for sale, helping with sale. But probably more importantly, one of the things that we've been doing over the last, I don't know, four or five years is working with business owners who are looking at transitioning to their kids or one of their kids or maybe even sold a business and now had a pretty big liquidity event. And I would say that one of the common things that's come up is uh, how do we make sure that all this money that we have or even all the money that the business is generating or even if we're going to keep the business for the future, how do we make sure that all that gets put together in a, in a good way so that it benefits our kids, you know, in, in fighting between siblings and, and so forth? And, and how do we actually turn that around so that the, the family's wealth can be used really to help the family succeed over the years? And I think it's probably been one thing that's happened all over my career. I probably just wasn't paying attention to it as much until the last three or four years. I would say that's a, that's a really big area where we've started to work a lot recently and, and had some pretty good successes, I think. So you just said a really interesting thing, which I'd like to delve in a little bit more. You said transfer in a good way. What would that mean? Well, I know you've been involved in this too, Josh, but you know, I think we've seen a lot of cases in, in our professional lives where business owners have really sort of struggled with how to transfer businesses You've got families where you might have one child in the business or, or even two or three children in the business and, and other children outside the business. And there's just a natural tension there, for forgetting about the ins and the outs, if you will, but just the ins, there can be quite a bit of tension. There's one family that I, I've been working with for quite a few years now with, two or three, I think, three kids in the business. And you know, certainly one is, is uh, really active. Well, maybe two of them are really active and one of them isn't quite so active. And, you know, every now and then there's kind of a blow up between the kids who are in the business. They're all getting paid. They're all getting paid fairly well. Uh, but there's definitely some, you know, feeling that certain ones work harder than others. And, and there's a lot of you know, bad will there. And then, of course, you get into the, the outs, the people who don't have any idea what's going on. And they're, they're maybe getting some money from the business. They're not sure why they're getting it, not sure what they're contributing and, of course, that's the way the people working in the business feel, too, is why should these people outside the business be getting any money at all since they're not working? it? so, you know, there's a number of different sort of um, variations on that theme. But, but one of the things I think business owners would like to do is try and figure out, you know, how do I transition this business to my kids in a way that it doesn't create this kind of infighting or ill feeling that will whatever. So that's, that's what I'm talking about there. So how would you go about doing that? You know, I think every family solution is going to be a little bit different, but one of the one of the suggestions that we have, and we have a, a little bit of a track record in this, 
One of, the, one of the suggestions that we have and that we've used is to find something that pretty much everybody in the family can agree on as, as sort of a common goal, which is often a lot easier than you think, even with a family that maybe, um, I guess all families are a little dysfunctional anyways, but maybe in a family that's, you know, uh, my own included, uh, Josh. So uh, I think what we try and do is identify things that are common goals, common objectives, common good things, whatever they might be. And I'll give you an example of sort of an easy one that we use a lot. In one of our programs, we, we work basically at the second generation level. We kind of don't involve the parents in this. If it's successful, then we bring the parents back into it. But the idea is to see if we can get that generation that's having a little bit of trouble working together actually going in the same direction. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll pull the kids together and we'll talk about a program that mom and dad are going to fund and uh, part of the program is going to involve a decent amount of money. It doesn't have to be a substantial amount of money, but a decent amount of money that they're going to get, that they're all going to pool together to give away to some sort of a charitable uh, group or some sort of a charitable cause or some sort of a something in a community that maybe that needs doing. And the challenge for them, basically, through a series of meetings is to come up with a way to work together that they all feel is, is going to be good outcome, a way that they can work together efficiently. And we talk about uh, you know different forms of governing that might be available to them and let them discuss it and try and figure out what might be good. And then we talk about, okay, now, now that you've figured out how you're going to make decisions and who's going to be involved, let's talk about what kind of decisions you might want to make. So then we, we talk about the fact that they might have, you know, 30 or 40 or $50,000 or whatever, you know, the number again is not so critical. It, you don't want it to be a big number that people feel like they have to fight over, but you don't want it to be too small so that nobody pays attention. Then the idea would be to essentially say, look, let's figure out how to do some good in the community, whatever that means. You know, it's been interesting. I've had some interesting experiences doing this exercise. I've had, I've had kids worry about hurting other kids, you know, other siblings' feelings uh, because maybe they didn't get what they wanted out of this exercise. And, you know, it's, again, I mean, it's just a surprise as to how it turns around the dynamic a little bit because they're now they're kind of all working together for someone else's good as opposed to trying to strive for their own position in the family. So it changes the dynamic. You kind of look at what the options are for charitable giving. Sometimes I get some interesting questions. We're, one family I'm working with where um, the kids wanted to know how much of this was tax-driven. And by that, they meant they knew that there was a deduction for giving money to charity. And I said, well, that's an interesting question. What do you mean by that? And he said, well, we're thinking we'd like to do something, but we're not sure it's tax deductible. And uh, so I asked them what they, right? So I asked them what they had come up with. And so interestingly, what they had come up with is that there was a, a woman that they kind of all knew in the community who was, you know, an older woman, quite a bit older. She's thinking in her 90s. And, you know, she'd never been very well off. She owned a home. And the, basically the roof was falling in. And what they had all kind of decided is that they wanted to take some of the money and get her a new roof, which I thought was really cool for one thing. Um, but they were concerned, you know, they had they had been, maybe one of them had been told by a lawyer that they couldn't make that kind of gift and have it be tax deductible. And so we learned a couple different things about that. You know, they, they started thinking about this idea of does it matter if it's tax deductible What's really driving their philanthropy? Uh, we had some good discussions around that. We ended up finding a local uh, a local charitable organization who would agree to do the repairs and kind of put the money through them. So we were able to get the, the best of both worlds. 
but it's just interesting. I guess everybody can sort of see it. You know, if you're pulling for if you're pulling for a third party's good, it's much easier to work together than when you're when you're trying to buy for your own personal position. So that's just one of the tools that we use to try and bring people together and uh, find if they can work together like that. Then all of a sudden, maybe we can start getting to get to work together on some other uh, some other maybe things more personal to the family. But that's just a little bit of a a tool or a technique that you know might help get there. So how do you make a switch where you take them from working on something where nobody is really all that invested to something like how we split money in a family business? You know, it's a progression, Josh. I want them to get in the habit of working together. So another step in this process would be then to say, okay, first of all, let's let's do this again, you know, assuming the parents are willing to fund it. Let's do it again. And, and you know, a lot of the clients that I work with have the, the means to do this. And so if the parents see success, they'll, they'll fund it again. And this time, maybe it's a little bit larger amount of money. You know, whatever you started with, raise the stakes. But I also introduce a different idea, which is, okay, we've been able to work together. I don't say this necessarily, but psychology is, you know, we've been able to work together on the good for somebody else outside the family. How about if we were able to work together for the good of a group inside the family that we all probably care about? They all start thinking about themselves. But in my mind, what I'm thinking about is the next generation, sort of the grandkids. So we would do the same same sort of exercise where the parents would fund some money around the grandkids. The idea here is just keep pushing them in the direction of working together, having successes, raising the stakes, having more successes. And then as far as the business is concerned, really a lot of times it's perception. I know you know this, Josh, because I know you've worked with a lot of business owners uh, in the, with the, around these kind of issues. But a lot of it's just perception. You know, somebody thinks they're doing more work than somebody else, and perception to me actually usually just means a lack of communication. People get tied up in knots. They don't, they don't talk to each other. They get busy, and so really, what I'm trying to do is to create an atmosphere where they can talk to each other. And so ultimately, when we get back to the business and, and we start looking at, okay, what are some of the, what are some of the things that people, you know, see that they find objectionable? And, you know, you've been able to work pretty good together on some of these other areas. How can we start opening lines of communication in exactly the same way around the business? So really, when you think about it, you know, everybody looks at the business. For most families, the business is really their biggest asset. And, uh, once you can, I think once you can start getting people to see that, hey, they all ought to be working together to preserve this golden goose uh, rather than to try and rip each other apart, and, and they've had some successes and we've opened lines of communication, um, I generally find that they can come back and start looking a little bit more objectively at the business in terms of who's getting what out of it and can start thinking about maybe how to set up some lines of governance that will be similar to what we set up for charity and similar to what we set up for the next generation. Again, if you're planning for somebody else, it's always a lot easier. So if we can make rules about how to make decisions in two other settings, then all of a sudden it's pretty easy to transport those rules back into their lives. If they were fair for somebody else, they'd probably fair for them too. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So this is really interesting. I know that you are as good as anybody in the country and far better than most at tax planning. And yet, for the last 15 minutes, we've really not mentioned taxes at all, or for that matter, financial issues. 
So in your experience, how do the two fit together? Well, you know, I think they, they do fit together. And, and uh, sometimes, you know, you're, you're too smart for your own good sort of a thing. All of this came about, really. All this kind of thinking on my part came about. I mean, by the way, I'm not the first person to be thinking about their stuff. There's a lot of people, uh, a lot of great uh, practitioners in this area working with families and, and family business. And, uh, you know, for a large part of my professional life, I, to be honest with you, I just wasn't that interested in it. Uh, I like the technical. I like the tax work. I love saving people money. Uh, it's quantifiable. It's analytical. All the things that I love. And, uh, you know, I kind of got brought up short by one of my clients uh, a few years ago who basically just said, look, you, you know, and I don't want people to be shocked by these numbers. So I'm, maybe I won't even say numbers, but most of my, our, our clients start at, you know, sort of the $20 million range. So we don't have that many of them, but we have great relationships with them. And, and, and the numbers do get large sometimes. But I think this applies really all over the economic spectrum to all business owners. And had one client who basically said, look, you have done a great job getting this all organized and you've saved us a ton of money and you've really increased, you know, with the team of people you brought to us, you've really increased the amount of wealth that we're going to pass on to our kids. And that's all, that's all great. But, but how do we know now that you've created this big pool of money and it's, you know, great pathway to the kids, it's going to go easy, it's not going to give us a lot of headaches. How, how do we know it isn't going to kill them when it gets over to them? I mean, how... How, is, how do we know our kids are going to successful, successfully be able to manage five or ten or fifteen or twenty or thirty million dollars each, you know, whatever the number is? You know, and it's a it's a totally legitimate concern. I mean, the the country is filled up with examples of really successful business owners who created a really cool business idea and had the you know the the inspiration and, and frankly the the will to make their idea come to life. And convince other people to buy into it and you know, ultimately build a really successful business. I mean, that's a lifelong process for most business owners. The idea that, you know, in another 20 or 30 years or even, you know, 20 or 30 months, all of it could be gone after they die. I mean, it's just it's shocking and it's scary to them. So you know, what, what this client said to me just brought me up short. It made me think, you know, I'm really doing a part of the job. I'm helping people absolutely. I think I think my career has been really good, but at this point in my life, I'm really saying to myself, what can I do that's really going to have an impact, what's really going to have meaning, what can I do out in the world that's going to just really make a difference? I know it sounds a little bit trite, but I, but I really feel it. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, the fact that I can help someone take their asset, whatever it's worth, and, and make it become an engine to help their family survive for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years, probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. Cool. Well, if you were to give somebody one piece of advice in 30 seconds or less, what would that be? You know, I think for a business owner who's thinking this way, you know, and, and wondering what's going to happen to the future of their business or their wealth, I would think that getting involved in, in some kind of conversation with somebody like me, and it doesn't have to be me, obviously, uh, but someone like me, I think would be really important to them. I think it would help open up some ideas for them about how to make their family more successful, how to make their business last, um, how to make their business serve their family's success. Uh, and, and again, there's quite a few people out there, you know, uh, doing this. If you go on the internet, you can, you can do some searching and find out. Uh, but I would say that would be the one thing. If somebody's interested in this area, do a little bit of research, um, find somebody who's good and just reach out to them and, 
see what kind of ideas they might be able to bring to you. Cool. What would be the one or two questions that they should ask to see if their people are competent, the people they're thinking about? This is, of course, a tough, tough thing. You know, in, in um, especially in the in the area I work with, it's not usual to see a lot of references from clients. They're very, they tend to be very private and, and frankly, very busy people. But I think you can get references. Uh, at a bare minimum, I would get professional references from um, you know other professional advisors to see uh, to to check these people out. I mean, you want to make sure if you're going to let somebody into your family that they've got experience and they're going to be they're going to be a positive force on your family. So I would definitely do that. You know, kind of the usual questions. I don't think there's anything surprising. I mean, uh, have you done this before? How many people have you done it for? How many people like me have you worked for? Um, you know, I think the sort of just, you know, open-ended questions that will, uh, that somebody like me would be able to respond to and, uh, and, and, you know, you'd be able to tell, I think. Most business owners are pretty good people readers too, I think. So, I think they would be able to sort of suss out who the imposters are from the, you know, from the real people. So if you're interested in more information with Scott, I recommend you go to a site, which is www.innovision.com. Scott, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Great talking to you, Josh. Thank you, too. You listen to one of many shows on ExitCoachRadio.com. We're interviewing advisors, authors, and thought leaders for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. If you'd like to be a guest on any of our shows, go to guest.exitcoachradio.com. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute.